The title of today's message is The Dip. Now this title comes from a little book that was written several years back by Seth Godin by the, the same title. The idea in summary is that when we start uh, something, we often start on a high, things go well, but then some point in the journey we reach a period of difficulty, hardship, and it seems like it's not working and we decide whether to continue on or to give up. And so that's the general idea behind the little book and the message today. But I want to relate that to our Christian walk. As believers, when we first come to Christ especially, uh, oftentimes we're on maybe a spiritual high. Things look great. Um, God seems to be answering all our prayers, reading the Bible and getting new insights every day almost. Um, it, it's wonderful. But then as you progress on, maybe months or years, you inevitably get to a point where things don't seem to be as rosy as they were. Maybe your Bible reading is not as um, helpful as it once was. Or maybe it seems that God's not answering your prayers, or at least not the way you want Him to answer your prayers. And so maybe today, friend, you're in that situation and you're contemplating whether to continue on in your Christian faith or to just try something new, something different, something else, and forget the whole thing. Christian author Henry Blackaby uh, writes about something he calls a crisis of faith. What this means is what we see with our eyes does not always match what we believe. And at times we hit a faith wall at 100 miles an hour. Years back, there was a book uh, written called When Bad Things Happen to Good People by a rabbi. And the gist of the, the book is a, a true story about him and his wife losing their, their son. And it really shook his basic theology, even as a rabbi. Um, and through all that terrible suffering and pain, he had a change of thought. And he concluded that uh, although God was sympathetic with his pain, he was powerless to do anything about it. Friend, perhaps you're in a situation today where you have unanswered questions. Perhaps you have prayer, prayed countless times about a situation, yet God has not answered your prayers. Perhaps you're frustrated because it seems God is not involved in your situation and not responding in the way you feel He should. Fortunately, um, we're going to look at a, a Bible passage today that addresses these key issues we're only going to make one point, one main point out of the whole uh, message, and that's that our fears, our questions, and our complaints can only be resolved by faith in God. Let me repeat that, friend. Our fears, our questions, and our complaints can only be resolved by faith in God. There's no uh, neat 30-minute answers like we get on TV shows sometimes when we have serious issues in life. And... The answers we get from God and from Scripture may not be what we expect, like Henry Blackaby suggested earlier. I would like for us to turn to a little book in the Old Testament. It's considered a minor prophet, the book of Habakkuk. It's considered a minor prophet not because it's less important than the other prophets, but because it's small in, in volume. It's only three chapters. Uh, and we're going to uh, look at the first chapter today. In the little book of Habakkuk found in the Old Testament, we find uh, honest questions from a godly man. He 
He, like us, does not understand why God is not responding to his prayers. And once God does answer his prayers, the prophet is not pleased at first. If you would, turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 1 as we see what God tells his prophet about his questions and how God's answers several how he answered those questions several thousand years ago how they're still valid for our questions today we'll begin reading in Habakkuk chapter 1 it says this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision verse 2 how long O Lord must I call for help Habakkuk is crying out to the Lord and we have probably had similar cries out to the Lord how long O Lord must I call for help but you do not listen violence is everywhere I cry but you do not come to save must I forever see these evil deeds why must I watch all this misery wherever I look I see destruction and violence I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight verse 4 the law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts the wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has been perverted well, just in those few verses, we see right away um, that Abaca is being very honest with God, and he's crying out to him, and he's saying right up front, you don't listen. You don't listen. I pray, I cry, but you don't come to save. Why, Lord, why? You see, back in the Habakkuk's day, he was living in a situation for where his countrymen were very ungodly and they had been for a, a long time and Habakkuk being a godly man was tired of it and he wanted God to do something he wanted God to get involved and to solve the situation well let's look down to verse 5 and we can see God's reply to Habakkuk verse 5 the Lord replied look around at the nations and be amazed for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. You see, God often works in ways we don't know about, and we wouldn't believe if someone told us. Verse 6, I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Friend, the Babylonians were a very cruel people when it came to battle and God just told the prophet Habakkuk that he was doing this he was raising up these ungodly Babylonians these cruel these violent people and he was going to get them to march across the world and conquer lands including Judea verse 7 we just read they are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like verse 8 their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away like eagles. They swoop down to devour their prey. Verse 9. On they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princesses and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against the, their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their the God that's God's reply to Habakkuk's first 
cry out to him as if, why, why aren't you doing something? And God is telling him, listen, I've been working, and even though you wouldn't believe it, I've been working with ungodly people, and I'm going to use them to accomplish my will. I'm going to use them to bring Judah back to me. Now we'll see uh, Habakkuk's response now that he's heard that from God in verse 12, chapter 1. It says, O Lord my God, my Holy One, you are eternal. Surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. Now we see that Habakkuk's tone's changed just a little bit. He's gotten a little more reverent uh, to God, and he's saying basically, he's calling them the Holy One. Uh, he's saying he's eternal. But he's saying, surely you don't plan to wipe us out using these ungodly people, do you? That doesn't make any sense to, to, to Habakkuk. Verse 13. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their tre treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Verse 14. Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on the hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Verse 16. Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. Verse 17, will you let them get away with that forever? Will they secede forever in their heartless conquest? That's the end of chapter 1. Do you hear Habakkuk's uh, crying out to God, trying to reason and understand and use logic and saying, God, I wanted you to answer my prayer request about these people. I wanted you to do something. But I had something different in mind as an answer. Not the Babylonians. They're going to come in and they're going to uh, kill and capture and it's going to be terrible. Surely, God, you can't want to do that. But my friend, that's exactly what God had planned to do. And that's exactly what happened in the story. He uses the Babylonians to come in and, and capture the city and capture the people and take them away. It's not the way Habakkuk wanted it, uh, but it's the way God planned it. It was his will, and that's what happened. Friend, do you find yourself today at a place where your Christian life seems to have been at a low point? You remember the good times, the high times when you read the scriptures and everything was great, and God seemed to answer all your prayers the way you wanted, but now, now you have real issues and questions and concerns. And like Habakkuk, you've been crying out to him, Please, oh God, please. Hear my prayer. Answer my prayer the way I want you to. And God has not. He has answered your prayer the way He wanted to according to His will. And it didn't line up with your will. Friend, I encourage you today by faith to trust your Creator. He is God. We are not. As we said in the beginning, the only point to this sermon is our fears, our questions, and our complaints can only be resolved by faith in God. I encourage you today to look to Him and to submit to Him in humble faith that He is God and we are not. Friend, the name of Abaca, his name resembles in Hebrew uh, the meaning of embrace or wrestle. And that's basically what Habakkuk was doing with God. He was wrestling. He was embracing Him. He was trying to figure things out. And he was... Uh, bringing his honest request to the Lord. Friend, I encourage you to embrace God today. Bring your 
honesty to him. Tell him how you feel and what you're thinking, how you're praying. But in the end, wrestle with him. Hold on when you don't understand. And pray and trust the Lord. He is God and you are not. And he is a good God. And his will will be done. Lord God, we just want to pause and pray at the end of reading this small chapter in Habakkuk in the Old Testament. We see clearly where he cried out many, many times for his prayers to be answered the way he wanted them to. And he couldn't understand why that you weren't moving and acting in his timing. But Lord, you were moving and acting behind the scenes. You were doing things in the Babylonians' hearts and minds to get them to move across the world to attack uh, the countries. Uh, but Abaca wasn't aware of all that. And nor are we, Lord. We, we're oftentimes crying out just like Abaca, and you're doing things we don't even know anything about. But Lord, we trust that you're God and we are not. And you're a good God and loving God. And we trust you with your will, Lord, and we pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.